0: He's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata and bellotta
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bollotified, the one and only podcast about event, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bollotta, and I'm here as I am every week with my favorite Bollotophile, Alexa Postalinis.
0: Ho, ho, hello! Ho, ho, hello to you,
1: too. How are you today?
0: I am well. I am uh, a little tired, because you know we've been we've been busy. We've been busy, little elves. Thanks um, God. Yes, thank you, God. Um, <clears throat> insert deity here. Um, yes. <laughs> so, uh, but luckily, I think this week it'll be busy, but it won't be crazy. Which, uh, well, at least for me, I don't think for D'Angelo. Um, but uh, yeah. So, but good. I'm good. You it's know, starting, gearing up. Is-
1: Starting to wind down a little bit and starting to gear up for your own holiday, I would imagine.
0: Yes, I'm still not sure how I'm going to find time to do everything. I have a lot to do this week because I have yeah, my one guess. of my favorite yeah. people in the entire planet is coming to spend Christmas with me, and I haven't spent Christmas with her since I was a kid. Um, I got to see her a couple of months ago, as you know, but it was for sad things, right? She lost a lot of family in a very short amount of time last year. So, but she's like a mom to me.
1: I am so excited for you.
0: I am. I just can't wait to see her. I, I just love
1: her. I, I'm so excited for you. What are you going to do? I mean, other uh, than you must I mean, have some things planned.
0: You know what? Honestly, I'm horrible <laughs> because I don't because I just wasn't sure what was going to be with us, you know, with work wise. Right. So I, I Some things I'd like to do. I mean, she is older. She's 85, 86, 87, somewhere in there. She's in her mid-80s. And so I want to take her up to Christmas Card Lane um, if she's okay with being around that many people. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, masked and everything. But that's one of my favorite places. We'll see how she's feeling if she's feeling up for that walk. Um, And then we're going to do Christmas shopping. And... We'll, we'll bake. I'm going to make a batch of, uh, I'll either do the Spanakopita this week and save the Kularekia cookies for when she's here. I know she can, wants to do that with me.
1: But can you spell it?
0: Kularekia, K-O-U-K-O-U-A-R-I-A-K-I-A. And what kind
1: of cookies? What are they?
0: They're butter cookies. So there's not an ounce. I mean, you don't eat these if you're on a diet. It's One batch is a pound of butter. 2 cups of sugar, a half a dozen eggs, 9 cups of flour. Wow. 8 to 9 cups. This is a one of those recipes where it's all by feel. So the dough what how much flour you add changes depending on the dampness. So if I were to make them today or tomorrow, I would be adding more flour. If I make it on a drier day, I'd be adding a little less flour. Mm. So I channel my mother. I just say Mama Marie what do you think? I think this feels right. I always hear her crazy and woo woo. I know, but Mm -hmm. I always hear her.
1: But you never get in the middle of that Greek juju because you know, that's, that's not a good fate.
0: No, I have a a picture of her in my kitchen to help me. Oh, that's the best place, right? Yeah. That's great. So picture of her and my dad are in my kitchen, but uh, yeah, the first time I made them, my niece asked me to make them. And I said, are you nuts? Do you know how hard those are to make? I've never made them. That was mom didn't teach me before she passed. And I went, well, what's the worst that can happen? We throw them away." And they came out so good. My brother, my middle brother, said that they taste just like moms. And you know what? They do. I I always always give you some. I give you some every year. Oh, is this what you
1: give me every year? Oh, yeah. Those are delicious. Yeah. Yeah. They're delicious. And you know what else about them? Unlike most cookies, and you wouldn't think this would be true, I think I found like a, a one, maybe it was a week or two later, and I ate it, and it was still really good.
0: Anthony, they last forever. I will have them sometimes for six or eight months later, and they're still good. Oh, yeah. They don't so, go bad.
1: Yeah, no, they don't. They always taste really good. It's amazing. You Greeks. The key is to not have doing.
0: them too tightly covered. You can't ah. have them too tightly covered.
2: So, you so have, a loose lid air. or, they need yeah, they just air. a
0: little bit of air. And, oh, yeah, they last forever. I mean, and one batch makes close to 100 cookies. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I usually right. make three, I'm not gonna this year, I'm gonna make one or two.
1: Well, you have company, unless she's really into it, right, and and well, Auntie she wants loves. to.
0: She loves, loves, loves. She's actually my cousin.
1: She's, oh, she's my your first cousin. cousin
0: once removed. She and my mom grew up together. Her brother so, took my mom to my mom's prom.
1: So your mother's brother or sister is much older than she, I assume. To have had your cousin be the well, same. Well, no, no, age as your no. It mother.
0: was so. It was my mom's dad because mm-hmm. it's the Sicilian side of the family. So it was my that mom's dad early. and his sister, were right. brother and sister. But so my mom and, and my cousin Ronnie are contemporaries, or would be contemporaries.
1: They'd be first cousins.
0: They're first cousins, yeah. So I'm first cousins once removed.
1: Correct. So you don't. Yeah. So that's not a second cousin.
0: No, once removed. Her kids are my second cousins.
1: Are your second cousins,
0: right? Mm-hmm. But she's more like a mom. She loves me so unconditionally. I mean, the way she loves me, you don't know, you just you don't find that too often. It sounds I- I can like you're compadres. No wrong. Oh yeah. You're like, friends. Yeah,
1: you're, con- yeah, you're connected. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, we talk about everything. I mean, we sometimes get into real personal conversations. She is not she shares everything with me.
1: I love um, that you have that in your family. You know, it's a very interesting family. The dynamic is very interesting how, you know, you can just bond so easily and effortlessly with some people and just not understand others. And and you're the same blood, right? It's yeah. the human phenomenon. It's just incredible. And it keeps us all on our toes, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's designed that way, right? We have to have a little mystery in our lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know I'm the daughter she never got to have. So she treats me like her daughter.
1: I'm so happy for you. And yeah. she'll be here during the holiday.
0: She's coming in. Yeah, she'll be here for the for Christmas. And I'll get to spend about, I think, eight days with her. She'll be here.
2: Lovely.
0: So, yeah.
1: Lovely. Well, I'm sitting here at the table and I'm eyeing what is dozens and dozens and dozens of toys and games and gifts for um, kids from the age of uh, three to 17 for Home Start. And I wanted to take a little inventory of them before I actually handed them off, just to uh, share with our, maybe an upcoming audience so I don't have those numbers yet. What exactly we did uh, collect? It's always so much fun to do that, uh, to look at the toys and the games, and and to know that they're going to go to a a child, a teenager that would otherwise possibly not have a Christmas. So it's just it's delightful to look at the bounty that we collected and. Uh, those who were unable to bring gifts to our annual party, which we had on Friday night, which was so much fun. I, nice. I have to say, I love having the party. It's completely anxiety ridden before we start. And like moments before the first guest comes, I'm always, and I think D'Angelo feels, feels the same way. I always think to myself, oh my God, I don't know. I don't think I can do this. Like I Now I have to like be a host, you know? And then the minute I open the door, I'm ready. It's
0: like boom. you are the host with the most. It's so you much fun were so you. charming.
1: Like, I was having a great time. You were, you could tell. Yeah, could I tell. just huh. I just couldn't talk to everyone because there were so many people that came and uh it was hard to I, I was I eyed a lot of people and I smiled and waved, but I didn't get a chance to chat with everyone. But but we raised $1173 because some people couldn't bring gifts, didn't have the time, so they made a donation. And some people uh, left some gift cards as well. So we have some of those to share, uh, just delightful. Um, lots of Legos, lots of Barbies, lots of Hot Wheel cars, lots of puzzles, lots of learning games, uh, lots of stuffed animals, lots of, uh, Uh, volleyballs and footballs, it's a great bounty. And uh, the best part is, is being part of the giveaway, uh, which is happening this week, and we're not Mm -hmm. able to be there for the first Mm -hmm. time. But that's really the best part is is. to be part of it. So this year, like last year, HomeStart is going to do a drive by shopping uh, experience for our clients and and what happens is our clients will get a uh, ticket to enter uh and then they'll drive their car through what is basically a drive-through toy store we will set up tables and the and the tables are set up uh, via age range you know uh three to five and you know six to nine and ten to and then the the parents are driving by and they're just sort of pointing at things. And we put the toys that they select and the things they select in big plastic bags and we put, pop them in their car and voila, they go home and wrap them. And it's an incredible, incredible experience. Um, and
0: hopefully- I have to say this one thing, my favorite year doing it was the year I went with Ellie. I got her out of school. I got her excused and they were thrilled that she was going to do this volunteer work. I dressed as Rudolfa the reindeer and Illy was on crutches because she had an injury and the two of us worked and we had so much fun together. Mm
1: -hmm. I remember you two. I can still envision you standing there. Uh, And I remember uh, we had Santa that year Mm -hmm. and we were at the Price Center. Uh, Mm -hmm. Price Charities gave us that space to do the drive and we hope to go back in person again because unfortunately we do lose a little bit of that connection with the people yeah. they're in they're in their cars and it's not as close up and and warm and friendly but um the feel good still remains Yeah, the feel good is still there with that in mind and knowing that we might even talk with homestart later this year hopefully uh let's go ahead and meet our guest today because he's pretty interesting himself
0: he's such a delight i i know i say this about our guest he's one of the ones i really love i do he has performed professionally as a mentalist for thousands of audiences excuse me, for thousands of audiences over the last 32 years. And, but you know, what's really cool is it doesn't stop him from continuing to hone his skills. So he continues to study psychology and human nature and is developing new experiments in ESP and telepathy, which really interests me. Um, So I can't wait to talk to him. But if that wasn't enough, he's also a gifted magician for guests of all ages. And he likes to call himself the magical icebreaker which is kind of fun but he's truly a kind funny and I must say humble man and he will be the first to tell you quote I may not be the most talented mentalist but I am the most attractive so please without further ado (laughs) welcome Mr. David Winston. Hi David.
1: And welcome to the show, Mr. David Winston, man of many talents. Thank
2: you. How are you doing? Fabulous. Well, what more can we ask? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have good friends, wife, children, grandchildren, health, and lots of business. Couldn't be happier. Oh, huh? we're so happy for you too. So That's you're nice busy. Well. Say again. So you're busy. <laughs> yeah, since the end of May in person. It's amazing. I'm busier than a one arm magician without a magic wand.
0: <laughs> I just have to say one of my favorite things about you, Mr. Winston, are your dad jokes. Thank you. They always <laughs> make me smile. For our guests out there, every time I have the pleasure of speaking with David to call him about an event, he always starts the conversation off with at least one joke that makes me smile. So talking yeah. to you always makes me smile.
1: Well, thank you then, very much. Then please let us not interrupt the flow. May we start with a joke?
2: <laughs> Gosh darn it! I can't think of anything. Ah. <laughs> hey, I already did it. <laughs> this, you, you did. With the, you did. That, that was that was a that was a one arm joke. Did yeah? Speaking of that, you heard about the one arm fisherman? No. Caught a fish this big. <laughs> Now I'm started. Whew, that was close. <laughs> okay. You I'm, know a, I'm, that a, was.
0: I'm folks, a good audience member.
1: Folks, 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 let me just say you missed nothing.
2: You missed nothing. It was a visual joke this was aural, uh, wasn't it? I apologize.
1: No, no, it's quite all right. You know, we asked you on the spur of the moment, you came up with something very quickly, right? Unprepared is always the best way to go. Right.
0: It <laughs> made me laugh. And really, as we all know, and Anthony should know, making me laugh and happy is really the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mr. Balata?
2: Always, 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 always. I so I got to tell you that you hear about the three Irishmen that walked out of a bar. Three
1: Irishmen walking out of a bar doesn't even seem possible.
2: What no it could happen. It could happen. Go ahead. That's it. I'll stop. <laughs> is that it? Oh, is that, oh, that the joke? joke? It could happen. It, it, it could happen. You you Oh did the I took line. it from you. I oh my God. <laughs> mind, I'm not offended. <laughs> That's a cliche. I apologize to people of Irish ancestry. <laughs> you know, as
1: long as we can all take a joke, it's fine, right? Yes. So tell us, what are your audiences like uh, uh, post-COVID? What are you you experiencing and feeling from them?
2: Very happiness, (laughs) freedom. (laughs) Um, We've been very careful. I've been in large rooms, I've been with associations, I've been in private parties. This Friday night, I'm reading the minds of people in Little Italy, that's here in San Diego for people around the world and on top of the eighth floor of a condominium so it's uh it's been good everybody's cheerful and friendly i always start out by saying i'm triple vaccinated i'm here to entertain you but if you'd like to have me wear a mask when you come up uh, i'll be happy to do it and it hasn't uh, occurred yet at least since i've gotten started
1: and you are still in good health obviously you haven't uh, contracted the virus yourself being in and among people that's that's good
2: yeah it's interesting because so many people we've been so close everywhere and no um and and no that hasn't happened how about you guys uh anybody in the uh your family or relations or anybody like that
1: well i have had cousins pass from covid um those in other states who have you determine that they didn't want to have the vaccines so uh that has happened my immediate family is all vaccinated and uh they're all well and uh nobody's gotten sick except my nephew and his uh girlfriend and this was before they were vaccinated and they had a rough time with it
2: uh and they were young
1: yeah i mean relatively late 30s but they had you know they had a rough rough time they did not feel well at all for more than a month
2: yeah there was a local magician here sadly lost mm-hmm. um i'm i'm ringing a bell here i've known him for years but Jeff. uh Jeff, Jeff marcus Yeah, and uh oh, he had, yeah. yes and his story was i think before the vaccine was available and mm-hmm. uh he he was taking care of a sick brother, and going back east somewhere, maybe as far, maybe as short a distance as Chicago. And, uh, and he got sick, and he's no longer with us. Quite sad. Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous performer, as well a great as well as yeah. a great man.
0: Yes. Really sweet man.
1: Yes, we had the opportunity to work yeah. with him on a number of occasions. Wow, that's right. I do believe that mm-hmm. I received that message, and it's it's hitting me again now that. Yeah. That he passed
0: that was a hard loss for our dear friend magic mike yes yeah.
2: absolutely was this was that was tough i think he did his um he did his uh, celebration of life mm-hmm. magic Mike did yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i
0: wasn't on unfortunately i wasn't able to be there because i think i was i was either working or had a family commitment but um i heard it was it was very well received it was a lovely a lovely celebration mm-hmm. of life but yeah very sad
1: yep yeah yeah. And it reminds us to celebrate life while we can, right? And I'm glad to day, hear that. you hear every day, that. every yeah.
2: moment is special.
1: So how do you keep that celebrating attitude in your how do you keep that up, David? How do you we're,
2: Yeah, we're grateful every day for the life that we have. We were beforehand, and uh, we make the most of every day. And that means our, our relationship with our friends and family and the people we meet is critical uh what is the meaning of life i think it's living that's what it is yeah that's right i like
0: that i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that but i will quote you
2: (laughs) (laughs) i probably i probably got us somewhere else but that's what i've focused on because i've been asked you know a lot of people ask me about the uh, predict the future in my uh, mind to mind show and i'll say. if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So, which I stole as well.
0: I have never had the pleasure of meeting your beautiful wife, Donna, but I have spoken with her many times. And she is just, as are you, an absolute delight of a human being. And um, I'm sure that contributes a lot, having such a loving, supportive partner, and going through all those years together, right? You guys have been married how long?
2: 41. Wow. Amazing. What I do tell people personally is that uh, 41 years, uh, 43 and a half, uh, those were the sin years included.
1: <laughs> Did you live together in sin? <laughs> what
2: happened? Yeah, remember it used to be immoral? Yeah. I know. <laughs>
1: I think for some it still is actually.
2: <laughs> or a bad idea. I don't or know. Or a bad idea.
0: <laughs> I love that you didn't say 43. This is a this is a how do I put this and not have it sound anything bad. Well, just the fact that you commented on the half year. It's truly special to hear that.
2: Well, I've been in the training program as a husband <laughs> all this time. <laughs> I'm on the final binder, we're still analog when it comes to the training, and uh, (laughs) I've learned early on that uh, it's very important you remember the date of your marriage. Yes. October 18, 1980. Anyways. (laughs) I, I,
1: I also want to tell you to be prepared for the revisions of the text to come. You might be in the final chapter, but the text might have some revisions. Ooh,
2: now that's good. You should write that down or put hey. it on a coffee mug. Well, I just, I, <laughs> I care. that's wonderful. I mean, that's really, that is terrific. That's true. That's true, right? I right. used to
0: tell my husband that I was just renewing the contract and it used it was started off, I'll renew it for five years. And then yeah. after five years, we'll see if you get another five years or you only get a year. So wow. I,
1: th- I think that's that's the best way to go. Great set expectations,
2: yeah. Well, it's things have gone really well with Donna and I. We're on a first name basis now.
1: Oh, yeah,
2: delightful. And how long did that take? <laughs> Too long.
0: <laughs> Wait, what I want to know is what's her first name for you because it could be many things, honey bunch, Aww.
2: sweetie buns. I mean, uh, never mind. how many kids have you got uh two adult children 36 and 37 years old and uh five grandchildren
1: lovely and will you see them this holiday season
2: uh yeah everybody's going to be together where my daughter is uh, a doctor she's a neonatologist at the uh, uh, seattle children's hospital
0: oh that's a great hospital
2: yeah she's a nicu doctor they deal with the premature babies and related effects she's also a scientist researching how to solve the problems of the preemies and she produced a uh, grandson lincoln on january 2nd and he'll be with us as well
1: yeah lovely that is lovely yeah you're smiling from ear to ear so uh talk to us about performing now uh, yeah past covid so people are very, very engaged, uh, and they're happy to see you. Uh, are you finding them much easier to cajole? Are they a little harder to to ravel around your finger? What 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 happens once you f- first start and get get into the nuts and bolts of your show?
2: You know, I um, I, I haven't noticed any different pre post COVID to pre COVID. I mean. There was a time, I think early on, when we were doing a lot of elbow bumping mm-hmm. <laughs> and fist bumping, <laughs> but it's gotten very close now. It just seems to be, it's just comfortable. I, you know, I always do a warm up. Yeah, you know, when I introduce myself, I have an introduction for someone that wants to introduce me if they want to, and then I go up and I talk about what I'm going to do and nobody's going to be embarrassed or made uncomfortable and Uh, basically it's like a magician doing a warm-up as he's starting his show and but it's verbal in my case and i i just seems like it's as comfortable as it's ever been
1: and how much of your show is would you say is similar from performance to performance and how much of it is really based on the audience
2: good question because even though i have a template Uh, a pattern, a list of uh items that i'm going to be using uh every conversation i mean every show for me is a conversation uh what do they call that theater sports thing it's um it's called
1: it's called um
2: i always forget this
1: improvisation
2: (laughs) thank you improv (laughs) and i didn't realize this till late i've been doing this for 32 years full time and i realize now that for me, only for me, I can't speak for others. It's improv. Even though I have a foundation, a line to do the things that I do, I'm conversing with the audience. I had a thing the other day where I was at a a big church in Escondido on stage, great distance from the audience. And then I'm doing the things that I'm doing. I'm having people come up but as things come up, you're doing improvisation, you're reacting to them, they're reacting to you, you react to their reaction, it's a conversation, and that's what makes it personal, and entertaining, and memorable.
1: So does it ever uh, end differently, or does it? do you wrap up the shows the same way, your template, do you still follow that template, or do you find that sometimes... You veer away from it based on what the audience is giving you.
2: Well, I do a series of experiments in ESP and telepathy and fun and with the audience participation. So those always stay the same, though I have changed my set list from time to time. You know, I I realized that, as a matter of fact, at the church, that it was foolish of me to do 45 minutes and I reduced my show to about 35 minutes. So I just took something out, but everything else was the same. I was
1: going to ask you about show length. So what is it that made you feel you needed to take 10 minutes out? And what is the the ultimate range of performance time for you?
2: Well, you've seen this. You're the event expert. So is Alex, is that you'll be... Uh, You go to an event, and they'll they'll say, oh, uh, the CEO is going to get up and talk. And they talk a lot sometimes. "Uh, We're going to be giving out awards. Yeah, and uh, that takes some time. And as you know, uh, no, almost no show starts on time, and it always lasts longer. than generally lasts longer than expected. So even though we plan, even I do it, I'm Chris. Responsible for this too, is that we have to play it by ear as we as we see it.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: I I, uh, I know that to be true uh, from experience, and it's one of the things that uh, at our agency when we're involved in producing those kinds of shows with awards and speeches, we're very particular in terms of length because I personally have been on the other end of that and know that when you go on to entertain people after they've sat for an extended period of time and had to focus on awards and speeches, regardless of how celebratory they may be, it's a lot to ask and it's Mm -hmm. a lot to, to follow that, and then have to bring them up once they've been seated so long and had to listen so long. Do you find that to be true?
2: Yeah. And every once in a while, I'll say, I'll think to myself, even though I'm going to do the job, was having me a good idea. (laughs) Right. Right. I feel that I felt the same thing. And and
1: how do you counteract that?
2: Well, there's nothing we can do once we're there. We just do it. But you know, a little Little things like, uh, well, you want to control the situation is that uh, I'll say to somebody, uh, when you plate dinner, I'll start. Or after dessert, depends on the event, we kind of play it by ear. But uh, let's say they've plated dessert or plated dinner, and all of a sudden a bunch of people run off to the bathroom, and I always say to the host whoever it is i said uh uh, make sure you tell everybody now's a good time to take care of whatever business you have to take care of when you come back we'll get started right is that the same for you
1: well it depends if we are uh if we're producing a show we would always make that announcement yes because we feel it's important that when we start people are in their seats but we're also really particular about time frames and scripting and wanting to know exactly what our cues are going to be And we'll go so far as to say to clients, you know, this really does need to be uh, edited down a bit. Otherwise it's going to be too long. And uh, there, there's a certain point where even those who are receiving awards stop caring because it just goes on too long. So what we try to counsel is the shorter, the better. And if you end in a short, after a short, succinct ceremony, people will have energy and they'll feel great. But if you suck every bit of energy out of them, <laughs> it's going to be done. And they're not going to tell you, you did that. They're just going to yeah. feel it, you know? Yeah. So, so we counsel on time frames, and we also do some things within our ceremonies, like use music and use VOGs and to, to make it feel a little bit more uh, give it more pomp and circumstance, if you will, which makes it a little bit more engaging, and also makes the executives feel like, oh, we're on a time frame. It's not so loose and lackadaisical. It helps yeah. to sort of step their them up as well. But you, but when we're not there, we can't do that.
0: <laughs> the other thing too, Anthony, and you know this, and we've talked about this, is that when you have those things, the VOGs or the music, the stingers, all of this, it switches in their brain because the brain shuts off when it hears da-da-da, the brain shuts off. So you have to do something to reactivate their brain because even though it's not a conscious thing, it's just going to shut off. So I have a question for you, David, with that in mind is when when audiences have been sitting there, how do you re-energize them? What's your technique to get them energized for? The uh show that you're about
2: to do. See, I'm trying to think of, you know, this this warm-up for me is uh I'm happy to be here. Uh, I want to thank so-and-so for inviting me. Uh it's really important that you turn your chairs and face me so you're more comfortable. And I promise we'll make for a better event. And um, gee, I'm not doing anything up to this point with the things I just said where I'm going, and now it's time to stand up and uh, do a couple of squats. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) that's what I do before I go on. Um, You know, it does help um, if I can get the CEO, the CFO, the COO, and the CTO to do an introduction. That helps. I have a humorous introduction that sometimes can i think that does help now that you mentioned it i had not thought about it though alex thanks for the question well i think also it's it
1: if i may uh david you're a uh very dry sense of humor very underplayed that's what's so funny he isn't bombastic he makes the audience come to him very underplayed very dry sense of humor and it requires that they have energy Otherwise, it's very, very hard. That introduction, though, is key because it does help to set you up in the right way. And I would say you should always have somebody introducing you because you are so not what they're going to expect when they hear all this stuff and then you're going to come out and you're going to hit it right on the yeah. head. Very underplayed and and dry. And you you ha- your audience is, are clever, you're clever. They have to understand wit. It's not, you know, you're not about tomfoolery and uh, slapstick. So I would imagine the audiences need to be awake to really enjoy you need to have energy to really be with you.
2: Hey, I think that's good advice, Anthony, I'm going to take it to heart, I'm going to force every host to introduce me. I like this idea. I uh, I always ask politely, would you you know introduce me? It happens most of the time, but the reality is, because I've got a laugh in there, two laughs actually I think within my introduction that allows me to sh- creates that energy. And I hadn't thought about it before. Thank you for that.
1: Absolutely. But what about when you're uh, when you're roaming the tables and you're uh, doing a sort of not a show. But more of an interactive, close-up
2: feel. How does that differ and well, change? For a you? little bit of humor. Uh, I say things like, uh, "Excuse me, pardon me, sorry for interrupting, but is this the VIP table that we've all heard about?" <laughs> and they almost always go, "Oh yes, we're you know." <laughs> there's there's 14 tables, but you know we're, <laughs> we're special. And but this is the VIP. Back. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll say something like, uh, uh, I said, I'm uh, David Winston, I'm the exotic dancer and uh, and I'll turn to a woman I'll say, "Are you the birthday girl?" or something like that." <laughs> and that usually gets it started. It's like I said, no, I'm kidding. thing is I'm wearing a tag that says David Winston medalist while I'm doing bingo reading. but uh, still that's fun. So you wear a tag. Why do you wear I,
1: why do you wear uh, a name yeah. tag Obviously. if I'm if I'm mingling? Yeah, and, and you must feel it helps
2: to have the tag on. I think so. You know, I make a big deal. I, I don't have a good memory, but I have a trained memory and I've gotten really good at remembering people's names. And as I go around the table, I get their name. I learn a little bit about them and I, and they can see my tag. They may be the type of person that remembers name. Most of us aren't, and they can see my name and it makes a big difference. And I'll do things like I'll come by the table that I've been at previously and I'll say, This was my best table. Just want you to know. Everybody else, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say a word, please. Right. Between us. <laughs> <laughs> Who are those people? <laughs> so, the, those, uh, making those connections.
1: So, when you do children's, shows because you do them as well. Right. What's the what's the technique change there?
2: I did five this weekend. Wow. That, mean, wow. that, mean, that means that five children floated in the air. Wow. I did one I did one adult magic show Saturday night, but <laughs> I was floating kids all over the place. Well I start off there is that warm-up where you uh really warm up with the kids and you introduce yourself you think uh, the people that invited you, um, it's very high energy. It's not as muted, it's not muted like the Mind to Mind show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, lots of jokes, it's very fast, lots of audience participation. It's uh, it's almost immediate, and I don't have anybody introduced to myself, but I do that introduction I ask a couple of questions and make a couple of jokes. Uh, Is everybody here? If you're here, raise, if you're not here, raise your hand, stuff like that. (laughs) So, So, Take a seat, please take a seat. Just don't take it home with you. And then we get started.
1: So, uh, do you love performing for
2: kids? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. It's the evergreen business of magic. It's, um, no matter if you can't do corporate, if you You can't entertain adults, there's always somebody that wants a a magic show for their kid. And I've got super ratings on both Yelp and Google. And uh, I get calls. I turn down three to four shows a day because I'm not available. It's nuts. That's a
1: great place to be. Uh, I think that, Kids can make the best and the worst audiences. So I see you smiling. So you agree.
2: (laughs) And you know what? The more intelligent a kid is, the more chances are he's going to insult you or disrupt the program. Right. Because they're very bright and they haven't learned to, uh, uh, there's no gate. They just say everything that they want to. I I put them in their place in the beginning. I'll say, "You want to want you guys to sit on your bottoms, crisscross, apple sauce. Um, if you're uh, pat your head, zip your lip. If you're really well behaved, if you're really quiet, you may be a helper in the show. Mm-hmm. And that usually that keeps ninety percent of them quiet. But there's that ten percent.
0: They want yeah. you to know that they know. Of that course, they know, right?
2: Yeah, and, and they'll shout out, I know how that's done. And I say, so do I. Let's continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where's that crisscross applesauce?
2: <laughs> Don't forget your mom's the boss. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that gets a great. My goal, though, in every uh, show for young people is to also entertain the adults they can stay through the show and get the nuance of my patter and my script and the and the uh, theater sports what do they call that again improvisation <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so i've always been that way of, i've always entertained everybody i was i like to say i was pixar before pixar i
1: love it yeah but, so when you are uh, performing for kids and the parents are in the room and enjoying you too uh what is some of the feedback you get from those parents uh,
2: great um great uh kind words after the show yes i'll take your card uh, uh i always tell people i uh if you need a magic show for any age i have five different shows you know for adults as well and uh if you uh just Google Dana the Magician, D-A-N-A. I'm amazing Dana the Magician. That's my other persona. David Winston's is my artist name. And uh, and I said, and I have a business card. <laughs> and I always get asked for two or three after a show. So it's, it's a great, great business.
1: Now, I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you to tell us again. Who is Dana Law? Dana
2: Winston Law is my legal name. I'm a year older than Disneyland. I was 15 when we landed on the moon, 23 when the very first Star Wars movie came out. I won't tell you my age. You'll have to Google it. But uh, many years ago, first of all, man, mentalism is a branch of magic. It's basically mental magic. And many years ago, I said, I'm going to start my career, going to go full time. I didn't start till I was 35. And I said, how do we differentiate between the two acts and the... Uh, and and my my wife, I married above my station. I think we mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. Who's extremely bright and extremely attractive. I have to stay with her, even if she doesn't like it. She, um, she said, you. Well, how, well, everybody always will say two things happen to Dana. They'll say, "Is it a girl's name?" If they ha- don't see me or hear me, and two is they'll say David. They'll remember David. Middle name Winston. David Winston. It works.
0: There you
2: go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But you used Dana for a long time.
2: Uh yeah, it was a transition from the early days. But yeah, it's the truth of the matter is, is even though it works to differentiate, you know corporate pays better than magic shows, or at least it has been for especially with agents, party planners, event planners, etc. I always kept it separate or tried to keep it separate. But it was also was confusing as well
1: for the people that hired me. Well, I think mentalism is more appealing to corporate audiences than magic. Uh, And I think we find that in our own business that Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a bit more appealing and intriguing. And the sort of the issue with magic is it's so pervasive people have seen it everybody feels like they even if they don't know how the trick is done they've seen it and so they don't need to see it again you know
0: yeah that's true
1: and mentalism is just a bit still mind-boggling
0: there's a there's a definite mysterious mystique about it yes you know especially when you're doing an improv type where you're going table to table and well how is he you know a trick is a trick but well, that did not come out right. A magic trick is a magic trick.
2: Never ask a woman if she does tricks.
0: Go ahead. Oh, I tell you it's part of being a little sleep a little tired is that I tend to uh-huh. you know open mouth and mm-hmm. sort foot but um, no,
2: no. <laughs> I made a joke based on what you said. <laughs> this is a conversation. No, this it is no, but that's, I'm, again. We're okay, improving.
0: What? We're improving. <laughs> but yeah. So when when you're doing that, you're doing your your uh, scrolling. I you uh, you call it uh, mingling, uh, right? Ming, a mingle,
2: mingle, mingling, a mingle mind Ming, reading. Yeah, I'm mingle sorry. mind reading. We'll
0: that uh, it comes off a little. You know, it's it, there, it, there's just more mysteriousness. It's right more mystery behind it is what I was trying to say. And it just took a long way to get it out. It's okay.
2: You're doing fine. <laughs> I always love talking to you too. <laughs> Thank
0: you.
1: Thank you. It is mysterious. And and I'm, I want to ask you how you do it. And I know that I couldn't, I shouldn't, but I'm, I'm still really intrigued by how that Mental,
2: works. mentalism is magic. That's all it is. It's uh but with uh, the feeling that there's uh, some sort of super extraordinary power. But we're all really, mentalists are all really magicians who use magic and the secrets of magic to give the impression of uh, doing telepathy, ESP, and mind reading. And that's the truth. And um, however
1: you know, that's a good place to pause our conversation with David Winston, don't you think? Yes, I do. So tune in next week for the rest of our convo and a very special this or that that we played with David. Please tell your friends and neighbors about Ballotified. And remember, you can find us wherever you stream podcasts. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and go to ballada.com and click on the podcast tab to ask ask Anthony anything. I'll get that out. (laughs) Bye-bye. Say goodbye, Alex.
0: Goodbye.
1: Stay engaging.